Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypnobirthing Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you have had a great couple of weeks and that now we are in February, things are maybe looking a little bit brighter. Um, Not so sure, but um, at least hopefully we are a step closer to normality. But I feel like we've been saying that forever. But who knows, it's closer than it was last year, hopefully. So I have actually taken up walking during this third lockdown. So it sounds daft, um, but I never really got the fuss around walking before. I know so many people are into it, but I never kind of really got it for exercise. I would always prefer to go to the gym or go for a run or do something at home. But I have actually really got into it recently. And I actually love listening to podcasts, as I'm assuming most of you do because you're listening to this. But I actually listen to a lot of true crime podcasts which perhaps is a bit of a step away from what I normally am talking about but I really do enjoy it and I put my headphones in and put my true crime on and I just go for a nice long walk so I've actually really um, been getting into it. So anyway back to birth, stop waffling on about my general day-to-day life, that's not interesting. So today's episode might be quite short and sweet but it is a topic which I feel is important to cover and will hopefully be really helpful for a lot of you. I'm going to talk to you about tearing during labour and how to prevent it. Now during the first session of my course I get my clients to talk to me about what they want from their upcoming birth and what they don't want. Nine times out of 10, someone will say they don't want to tear or they don't want an episiotomy. For those of you who don't know, an episiotomy is when they cut the area between your vagina and your anus, and this area is called the perineum. And they sometimes cut it to make a bit more space for the baby to come out. They cut it if they are doing an assisted delivery with forceps or ventouse. Or they might cut it if they think the alternative is that you will tear badly. Now, really, really importantly, an episiotomy is a choice. It is something which should be offered to you at the time and it requires your full consent. It isn't ever something that should just be done by your caregiver while they were down there. And I'm doing that in like quotation marks. It must be consented to and you can, of course, put into your birth preferences that you don't want an episiotomy. And this can then be discussed further with your midwife or caregiver during labor if necessary. But really, really importantly, it is something which needs to be consented to. There are many arguments for and against tearing opposed to an episiotomy. And I'm not going to discuss that today. But as an example, some believe tearing naturally is better in terms of healing, while others believe an episiotomy is better as it can be more controlled. So please just do your own research on this and work out how you feel and what side you sit on. Because again, it's just something that's very personal for everybody. So I don't want to come on here and tell you my views on it. I want you to have a research around both sides and work out what you feel comfortable with. And if that is not having an episiotomy, then please do make sure you put that into your preferences so that they know that you would rather not have that. So firstly, to talk about that area in general, 
Some people have said to me before during a course, if our bodies are so perfectly designed to give birth, how come there's a part of our body which sometimes tears during labor? And I completely get that question and I understand why people ask it. I talk so much about how our bodies are so perfectly designed to give birth. We have everything we need within them to give birth. Yet, yeah, how come there is this part of our body, this bit of skin, this area that is really small, which just doesn't seem to be built for a baby? So my answer is that actually it was designed perfectly. It just hasn't evolved with us. So, you know, thousands of years ago before we had chairs, our normal sitting position would have been a squat. And actually some cultures still sit like this. However, the majority of us now sit on chairs. And so that area, the perineum, the area between the vagina and anus, it doesn't get stretched as it used to. So there's no give there. There's no elasticity in the skin as there would once have been. Um, And so this is why it sometimes tears. So this wouldn't have thousands of years ago been an issue because that area would have been naturally being kind of used and stretched um, and would have been much more flexible but now just because of how we have evolved and you know how we have chairs and our postures are different it just hasn't evolved with us so this is why this area sometimes tears or requires an episiotomy so what can you do to prevent this from happening So the first is perineal massage. You may or may not have heard of this. It is basically a form of massage done in that area to relax and help the skin become more flexible. It can be done from your third trimester and is recommended to be done once or twice a week until you give birth. I actually have a guide for how to do the massage on my website, so I will post a link to it in the description of this episode, but it basically just talks you through how to do the massage. All you need is a good oil as a lubricant and something that you probably already have in your house, like an olive oil or a coconut oil, basically just a natural oil that you already have will absolutely do the job. There's no need to go and buy a specialist oil. They do sell them, but to be honest, you don't need it. You can use, as I said, olive oil or coconut oil and that will do the job perfectly. Another way of preventing tearing is to do your pelvic floor exercises. Now, I know these are so boring and most people hate them, but they are really, really worthwhile. They're useful because they prevent tearing, but also they're really helpful for just general bladder control before and after your baby is born. So there are apps available to remind you to do them. There's an NHS app called Squeezy, which um, you can set a reminder certain time every day and it will alert you when it is time to do your pelvic floor exercises or you can try and pick a time every day when you are doing the same thing so an example would be perhaps when you're boiling the kettle it takes doing something 14 times to create a habit and so if you did this every day for two weeks it will then become a habit and it will become something that you don't even think about doing you just do it Another way to prevent tearing is to stay as upright and active as possible during your labor. So this just allows for gravity to work um, as your baby moves down the birth canal. And, you know, you can use the bed in a hospital as a useful tool. You can lean over it. You can use your birthing ball to lean over. You can 
be on all fours, you can lay on your side. Basically, just try to avoid lying on your back. As we so often see in films and TV, this is how, you know, labour is shown to us. But it's more likely to result in a tear or an episiotomy if you are on your back rather than staying active and upright and allowing basically gravity to work. So try to remember that and try to be aware of that during your labour. A water birth is another way to prevent tearing. So the water actually allows that area to become more supple and flexible and therefore less likely to tear. Water also relaxes you, which will help. And it also allows you to be in that kind of more upright position, perhaps leaning over the side of the birthing pool. Um, So it kind of stops you from laying down because you're not able to lay down flat on your back in a birthing pool. So this is also how it helps prevent tearing. A slow second stage of labour is essential in preventing tearing. The second stage of labour is when our baby is actually being born. And this kind of chin on chest, laying on our back scenario we are so familiar with, thanks to television and film, needs to be avoided as much as possible. Again, try to stay upright on all fours um, and breathe baby out without actively pushing. So our body is amazing and it will push on its own without any effort from you. It is called the fetal ejection reflex and is similar to when we need to vomit or do a poo. It just happens and we can't stop it. So your body will work to eject your baby without you doing too much else just in the same way that if you need to be sick it will eject that without you needing to do anything so take this stage slowly and breathe your baby out rather than forcibly pushing and there will be less chance of tearing okay so let's say you did tear during labor or you required an episiotomy how can you help this heal afterwards If this is the case, and depending on the type of tear you had, you will most likely require stitches. These are usually dissolving, um, so you don't need to go back at any point to have them taken out. And it tends to take between two and four weeks for these stitches to heal. But this does depend on the type of cut or tear And also just remember that everyone is different. And so this won't be the same for everyone, but that is just a rough guideline of how long it generally takes. The best way to help your healing along is to keep the area as clean and dry as possible. So try and give it a clean each time you go to the toilet and then gently just pat it dry with toilet roll. Also, you will most likely well, not most likely, you will be bleeding after birth, which is obviously totally normal and expected. So try to change your sanitary pad regularly in order to keep that area dry as well. There are actually several products on the market which can help with any discomfort that you might have from stitches. There are different sorts of sprays that you can spray onto the area. There are cooling strips that you can stick onto your sanitary towel to cool the area. Um, And you can obviously take painkillers as well to help any discomfort. And also sitting in a bath in uh, shallow cool water can also help. I've also actually heard of people putting their sanitary pads in the freezer to cool them down before wearing them. I've never tried that, but I've heard that's really helpful. 
and also some advice on weeing when you have stitches this can sometimes sting a little so some advice would be to fill up a jug with warm water and kind of pour it onto the area as you are weeing because this will dilute the wee and it will help it be more comfortable and less likely to sting needless to say please do some research into any of these solutions I've talked about and really importantly if that area doesn't feel like it's healing um, then please get your midwife to check the area when she visits you after your baby's born in fact most midwives do always offer to check the area when they do visit you and I would always just recommend letting them uh, because they know kind of what looks normal and if it's healing okay so it's really worth allowing them to do that I have personal experience of both an episiotomy, um, which is what I had when I had my first daughter, and a tear, which I had with my second daughter. Neither were serious, and my tear was only slight, and it was stitched up at home by the midwife with no issues. I think from personal experience and from memory, I healed pretty much the same in the same amount of time for both. I did definitely take like paracetamol, I took painkillers, and I also used the cooling strips to make the area more comfortable. Um, and I just got those cooling strips from Boots um, or, you know, just a pharmacy, I'm sure will sell them. Um, and I believe both times it took me around two weeks to heal, you know, probably between two and three weeks to heal. Um, and my main advice, I don't even know really if it is advice, would be that it does feel better. It, it, at first, it feels a bit like you'll never feel the same again. Um, but I promise it does go back to feeling normal after a little while and it isn't forever. You know, it might just take a few weeks and then you will start to feel much more normal in that area as well. Hopefully you have found this episode interesting. It has been quite short and sweet, but I do think it's important and it's important to know kind of how to prevent that um, and to think about that beforehand and also to know you know what to do if you do end up tearing or requiring an episiotomy and it's something that you know I totally get people don't really want to think about and it's something that I don't think anybody would want from their birth but you know in reality it can happen and it does happen and so we need to think about ways that we can prevent that um, from happening altogether and also um, how to deal with it if it does happen as well. So thank you again for listening and I will be back in two weeks time with another episode. So until then, goodbye.